and he, he, uh, he mentored me when I was, actually I was 38 years old and, and, and went into youth ministry at 38 years old, yes. And so had, had a lot to learn and Lee helped me with that. And so um, God, God had me in youth and kids ministry for 14 years. And just about two years ago, I, I decided that it was time to um, give somebody else a chance. And, and I decided that I was going to go back into professional counseling. And so for about the past two years or, or so, I, I've been at South Park Psychology doing counseling there. And I tell you what, I love it. I love the opportunity to, to, to show God's love to people. I love praying with people. I love leading people in, in, in new insights inside of the scripture or reminding them of old ones that maybe they have forgotten. And I, I also just enjoy it when I have the opportunity to speak to, to many people who are not followers of Jesus, to be able to show them the love of God and, and, and to be able to let them know that, that perhaps they'll see something different about me as a counselor that's working with them. Just like you guys have the opportunity to work with Royal Family Kids Camp, and you get the opportunity to love on some kids and believe for some life change. And so speaking of that, not only do I need to thank you for allowing me to, to take an hour or, or so every two weeks with your pastor, but also I want to thank you for investing in my son Austin, who has helped out at Royal Family Kids Camp. Yes. Thank you for allowing him to use his gifts and for helping him to foster compassion for people who perhaps um, uh, uh, need a little bit extra. And so thank you very much. He is excited about Royal Family Kids Camp. It's coming up soon here, right? Uh, yeah, he, he, is, he is heading out to Carlinville, Illinois, where um, the Assemblies of God has their uh, kids camps there. For two weeks, he's going to serve two weeks, and then he's, he's going to come back, and then he's going to go with you guys to Royal Family Kids Camp. And so he definitely has a passion for service. And, and I really think he feels a part of the family here. You know what I'm saying? And, and every time I, I, I walk in here, I feel a part of the family. When you guys begin to worship, and Wendy and Hudson lead you guys in worship, it's, it's just beautiful to, to have siblings wherever we go, right? those who are children of the Father. And so uh, we, we are uh, uh, so happy, Austin and I, to have a, a good connection with this church. Now, you're, 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 you're keeping him. Oh, man, I, I don't know. I think his mama may have something, something to say about that. Uh, uh, she, she is the uh, children's pastor at a church in, in uh, Davenport, um, he's, he's just awesome. He leads worship for us and, does, and just, just does whatever we need from him. So, I don't know. Good luck getting him. Um, good luck. Um, so, when Lee was talking to me, I think it was, what, about two months ago or so, and, and he said, we're going to do a series on mindset. I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. You know, that, that, that's like, like kudos for, for, for Pastor Lee for being willing to, to tackle that subject and and to teach you guys what it means to have a godly mindset. And so he gave me a book to read and said, read this book, and, 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 and I'd like you to kind of come on board one week and, 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 and teach on relationships and mindset. And so I, I can't think of two more important things than having a healthy mindset and having healthy relationships. Um, relationships and mindset go hand in 
hand in hand. How many of you believe that we are supposed to get married and live happily ever, 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 ever after and be a Disney show and, or, you know, never have any problems and we just found the perfect one? I, I remember I, I was young in the faith and I think I was pr probably like just entering high school and I started to pray that God would help me find the perfect woman, you know, that I would find that one that I was kind of like destined to marry. And I didn't want to like put my, turn my head the wrong way in case she walked by this way, then, then I might miss her. And then all of a sudden my relationship wouldn't be just what God wanted it to be. But as time grew on, obviously wisdom sets in and there's not one ideal perfect person for you out there that you have to worry about missing, but that whoever you find an attraction to and have a similar um, a love for the Lord and commitment, you can make that relationship work with some hard work. Anybody who is married knows that it is hard work. So, mindset, growth mindset. Pastor Lee talked to you guys about that last week, right? And, and, and so all of us in this room, I, I, I think almost all of you, because you, you all have a love for Royal Family Kids Camp, have in your heart and in your spirit that people can change and that people can grow, and that people can, can, can be transformed by the renewing of their mind to prove that perfect, acceptable will of God inside of their life. So I feel in some ways, like this morning that I'm talking to the choir, that you, that you, that you guys get that and, that, and that you're open to the fact. So we don't have to spend a lot of time convincing you of, you know, relationships can be a struggle and we have to, and we have to work at them. Proverbs 27, 17 says, what, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another, right? One person sharpens an another. Turn to the person next to you and say, thank you for sharpening me. Please don't forget every day to sharpen me. I don't want to go into a day where, 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 where I become spiritually dull or relationally or emotionally dull. I want to stay sharp so I can be and do all that God wants me to be and do. You know, the crazy thing about relationships is that relationships, I believe, are the fundamental area that God uses to grow us. Relationships started way back in Genesis chapter 1 when God said, let us make man in our image. The triune God is in a relationship, three yet one. And so we see God inside of a unique relationship, divine relationship, where they're working together towards a purpose and a goal. We see in Genesis chapter 2, in relationships, God said it's not good for man to be alone. So let us find a helper that is suitable for him. Now to me, a helper means someone that compliments you, someone that, that adds to you, someone that's helping you with a task at hand. So all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, relationships are about, when they're first introduced, relationships are about growth. Relationships are about change. Relationships are ab about accomplishing something for God. Now, Genesis chapter 2, Adam and Eve, they were 
they were just about perfect, right? They, they had this Shekinah glory all around them. They were walking around naked and didn't even know that they were naked, you know. And, and, and it, it was a great time. But yet God still, God still said there that, that you're to help each other. You're to complement each other. You're to help each other to grow and accomplish that mission that I want you to accomplish. Each and every one of us, as a follower of Jesus, our mission, our goal is to glorify God. Is to, is to more and more become like him so that we glorify God and spread the message that Jesus loves you and that he has a plan for your life. You are not forgotten. You were not a mistake. You are his masterpiece in Christ Jesus. All the way back to Genesis chapter 2, relationships were about growth. Relationships were about sharpening each other. Now, when, when two... Iron objects, I don't work with iron, but there might be someone here who does. When, when they're rubbing together, what, is there usually like sparks and friction and heat and intensity to sharpen those pieces of metal, right? And so I just want everyone here just to go like this and just rub your hands together really hard. Make, it, make them just, just make, you can't do it with coffee inside of your hand, right? Make them, make it, make it, make them just, now, and, and stop, and now your hands are hot, right? There's, in, there's, there's intensity, there's heat there. You expect that. You expect that when you, when you rub your hands to, together to have heat, to have, to have a, a, a little bit of intensity there. When you're in relationships with no matter what relationship that is, if it's with a coworker, if it's with a neighbor, if it's with a sibling, if it's with a spouse, if it's with a friend, you're, you're going to expect that God to use that relationship to help you grow, to strengthen you, to create some friction. The Bible says to speak the truth in love so we all can grow up into Christ who's the head, right? That we need to be truthful with one another. Now, there's a real balance here, right? There's, there's a real balance between speaking the truth. There's some people who are really good on speaking the truth. Boy, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you, you need to change your hairstyle. I'm, I'm pointing up. I'm not pointing to anybody here. You, you, you need to change your hairstyle. You need to do this or that. And there's some people who are all full of love. They, they would never say boo to, any, to anybody. Neither one of those is necessarily appropriate. There is time where we need to be forceful and we need to speak truthfully. And there certainly are times where we need to be gentle when someone's like Job who's struggling. We need to speak gently into their lives. Having a balance there. So take what I say this morning with that balance. If you tend to fall over here where, where, where you're like just like that dagger who just cuts through someone... Be careful with, with, with what I say. If you're all full of love and lovey-dovey stuff, that's awesome. But there's also times to speak the truth in love, to create some friction so we can grow. How, how many of us kind of have a natural tendency to, to think that if we're in a relationship and if there's conflict, that it must mean that that relationship is somehow broken or needs, or needs serious repair? Would you say that? Or, or, or would, would you say that conflict is a part of a relationship? The, that the relationship is not necessarily the problem that we have to abandon it because it's not a Disney Plus relationship, but because it needs some work. Okay, I got mostly yes. I got mostly, and, and some were like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's this guy saying. Um, so, so hopefully you fall in the camp of that relationships need work, just as iron rubbing together create, produces spark. The reason why you're in a relationship is to help you grow. So I want to make it normal. I would love it if every day when you woke up, if you went like this and you rubbed your hands together and you created a little, little bit of friction to help remind yourself that relationships are meant to help 
me grow. Because I have a growth mindset. A growth mindset says that, you, you know what, when someone comes and talks with me, I can I can learn from that situation. I can become a better person, and our relationship can grow stronger. Uh, two people who are gr- growing stronger, going closer to the Lord, are going to be growing what? Closer to each, to each other, right? Hopefully you agree with that. Um, the more close we grow to, 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 to Jesus, the more close we grow to other people around us, even though there may be friction. Now, I want to take just a little bit of time, and I want to... Um, have you, um, if, you, if you have your, your Bibles or, or phones, um, go to 1 Samuel chapter 25. And I'm going to show you how, um, how, how relationships are meant to strengthen and are meant to grow us, are meant to sharpen us. We want to be sharp because we, we want to be able to be fruitful. No one wants to use a dull knife, right? Because dull knives lead to bloody fingers. So we, 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 we want to have a sharp relationship. So... Inside 1 Samuel chapter 25, I don't know about you, but in this chapter, um, I want to be Abigail. I want to be like Abigail inside this chapter of the Bible. Not like Nabal and not like David. Let, Let me give you a little bit of context here really quick about this particular scenario that was going on. In 1 Samuel 24, David, uh, who who was anointed king by Samuel... Um, was running from Saul because Saul was the king at the time and he was threatened by David. So he wanted to kill David because he was a threat to his throne. Saul wanted Jonathan, his son, to be the next king, but yet God wanted David to be the next king. And so Saul was chasing David to find him and kill him. And David was hiding from Saul and he he was in the wilderness. He was in a cave. And so... Saul went into the cave to relieve himself, the word says, and, and all David and his men were in that cave, and they're like, get him, get him. Take him out before he gets you and take the throne. But David said, no, I would never touch the Lord's anointed. And he kind of he kind of clipped a little bit of edge of his garment off, and, and then when Saul went out, David went up on top of the cliff with all of his men and said, yo, Saul, look it, I had you cornered, and, and like, you know, like I was cool to you. Are we cool now? And Saul's like, oh, gosh, no, David, I'm so sorry. And, and for a while, Saul backed off. But, and then we moved to chapter 25. In chapter 25, in 1 Samuel, Samuel dies. Samuel dies. The prophet, the leader of Israel, the one who anointed David as king, dies. And so here we have a man who's, who's tired. He's, he's running. He probably feels a sense of loneliness because he misses the man. He probably maybe even begins to doubt a little bit. And the person who anointed me king, the, the prophet, who gives me, in, in a sense, some validity, has now passed away. And he's probably a little bit shook. And then he begins to roam some more, and he runs across, uh, runs across Nabal's uh, herd of, of sheep and goat, and, and, and he w- w- kind of stays around them and protects them and puts a hedge of protection around all of his sheep and around all of his goat. And then he's in a situation where it's sheep-sharing time at Nabal's place, and, and David goes, sends men to talk to Nabal and say, hey, could you give me some food? Could you share some resources since my, my men were good to you and we protected you? And Nabal 
He's a nasty man, the word says. His name means fool, and he's ill-tempered. He doesn't listen to anybody, and he blows up at these guys, and he insults David. He calls him a servant, amongst other things. So David's men go back to David and tell him all of the insults. Tell him all the awful things, and it's that like he refused us food. So guess what David does? David gets mad. David picks up his, his sword. It takes 400 of his men, and, and he's riding towards Nabal and his family because he's going to take them out. Now, isn't that crazy? Here, here, here we have a, a, a man who was just in a cave with the dude who was the king who he could have taken out, and he spares his life, and then someone calls him a couple names and doesn't give him some food, and, and, and he mounts up on his horse, and he begins to ride towards Nabal to take, to, to, to take him out. Exactly. He, he was hangry, right? Watch in relationships. When you're hungry, he was hungry. When you're angry... He was angry. When you're lonely and you're in grief, he was lonely because Samuel had just passed away. And when you're tired, and he was tired from riding all those times, running from Saul. So in, in relationships, recognize that keeping yourself healthy is super important. When the blood sugar drops, the intelligence goes out the window. When the blood sugar drops, the self-control and the tongue, becomes, it just kind of becomes wild. And, 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 and relationships are hurt. So maybe some of y'all just, you came here this morning because you just needed to be reminded of that. You know what? I get hangry and I need to make sure that I eat and take care of myself. But Abigail, she's like, here's from one of the uh, servants who heard the exchange between the men and Nabal, and she goes over to... Uh, Abigail says, you better do, do, do something quick because we're in big trouble, you and, and, and our whole household, because of what Nabal said. He's foolish, he won't listen to, any, he won't listen to anybody. So Abigail is, is, is described as beautiful and sensible. She was an intelligent woman. And so she, gets, so she says, pile up some supplies and, and, and some food, send it out to, to David, ahead of me, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to go talk to David. What a brave woman. Ladies, how many of you are, or are in a relationship, or, or maybe at work, and you have a crabby boss, or you're, or you're married, and, and, and your husband's just like, he's got this fixed mindset, he's like, oh man, someone's like, you know, insulted me, or done, or done me wrong, and I have to see myself as like, you know, like, like all put together and someone questioned me and so he's, so he's all mad and, and upset. Do you want to go talk to him at that point? Probably not, right? He, you, you, you best let him get some, uh, you know, a Twinkie in him or, or something to kind of raise his blood sugar a, a little bit so, so that way he's, he's more approachable. But Abigail realizes, you know what, that my family's at risk here. And she goes out and she rides out to, to meet David. Now, I think that Abigail at this, this point could have done one of four things. She could have just stayed home and took, and took the beating, right? And, and, and just played like, I, I have nothing I can do here. She could have, maybe, I don't know in this culture if this would have worked, but she could have taken her children and, and whatever, and she could have left. How many people, when, 
when relationships get rough, they just leave. And they take their children and they go. Because they don't have the mindset that relationships can grow and that relationships can change. Or she could have went and spoke to her husband, Nabal, and she could have said, what did you just say? I can't, we're all going to die. Don't you even care? What's wrong with you? And she, she could have what? Fueled that. Or she could have went and said, you know, honey, really wasn't the best thing to do. Maybe we should kind of, but you know what? Nabal was not the kind of guy who could hear and listen to what anybody had to say to him. And so she chooses the fourth option. She goes and she approaches David. And man, she, she gets there. And she quickly offered donkey in verse 23 and bowed before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame in this matter. Wow. I accept all blame in, in this matter, my Lord. So if you have a growth mindset, if you're like Abigail, in relationships when there's conflict, you'll be the one to say, I accept blame in this, in this matter. I want you to turn to the person next to you or maybe take out your phone if that person who you know you need to say this to isn't here. And I want you to turn to them and I want you to say, I'm to blame. Right now. Turn to the, turn the, turn the person and say, 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 I'm to blame. I'm to blame. How many times inside your, inside your conflict do you, do you turn to that person and say, after they've, after they've confronted you, I'm to blame. I accept responsibility for my part in this situation. Abigail did nothing wrong. And yet Abigail said, I'm to blame. Make that a practice. You, if you have a growth mindset in relationships, you'll be the first one or as quick to go say, I'm to blame. I accept responsibility. She says, please listen to what, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to say. <clears throat> I know Nabal. You can talk to, about your husband like this. Just listen to what she says. Hopefully you guys don't do this. To, but uh, I know Nabal is, is, is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never, ever, I never even saw the young men you sent. So here's her part inside the, her responsibility. She's saying, I never saw the men that you sent. I'll take some, some responsibility because I couldn't intervene here. I couldn't help the situation here. And so she speaks truth about her husband. Man, I tell you, I hope you all aren't walking around talking that way about your husband or spouse. He's just ill-tempered. He's just a fool. Just, just, but I, I think... Now, this is just Ron's interpretation, so y'all can have your own interp interpretation on this, but I think what she was doing was she was speaking to David's anger. I think she was acknowledging to David, David, I know how you feel. David, I know the way he's treated you is the way he's probably treated me my whole married life to him. 
So if you're in a situation and you are a growth mindset kind of person who believes that there is change and that it's not always a Disney Plus relationship walking off into the sunset happily ever after, but you believe that there's going to be conflict and friction to help your relationship grow because that's what God gave us for us to grow in the main means is relationship with Him and relationship with other people. You're going to be able to, to say to somebody who's mad at you at the moment over something that you maybe have done or someone has done to them, I hear your pain. I hear your anger. I hear your frustration. If I can, I'm almost, I'm 100% certain that as, that as Pastor Wendy teaches you in Royal Family Kids Camp, the first thing you do when a child comes to you is, 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 angry, is angry is you don't lecture them about, them about why they're angry and how they shouldn't get angry and they should do this. You say, no, tell me about what's bothering you. Let me connect with what's going on. Let them know they're heard and that they're understood. And that's what Abigail is doing here. She's letting David know that she understands what he feels and what he's going through. Is it possible that, that, that that's what's going on in that little bit of passage there? She's not trying to run down her husband. Yeah, he's trash. I don't want nothing to do with him. I, I can't wait to ghost him. You know, like he, he, she, She's not doing that. She's trying to relate to his pain. She's trying to understand. She's trying to let him know that he understands. Maybe it would be a good thing to, to turn to your spouse or to text someone that you Maybe you need to. I'm going to do my best to understand. Turn, turn to that person right now. Make it uncomfortable in here. Turn, turn to that person next to you and say, I'm going to, make, I'm going to do my best to understand. Because I believe that relationships can grow and that relationships can change. And God has me in a relationship with you so we can grow as a couple and we can grow as individuals to see the glory of God come into our lives and into our relationship. Jesus said, you will know, I'll, they'll know you're my disciples by how? If you love one another. If you love one another. We've got to keep going. I'm running out of time. I've got about five minutes left. Um, so, he's a fool, just as his name, name suggests, but I've never even seen the young men Verse 26, now my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and, and as you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. The Lord has kept you from murdering. I don't know, but I, almost, I would almost venture to guess that word got out that David had Saul in a cave and that he spared his life. And that he did not shed innocent blood. He did not take vengeance into his own hands. Saul was throwing javelins at, at him, trying, trying to like kill him. And, and, and I guess inside everyday world, people would expect that if someone's throwing a javelin at you, you have a right to throw one back, don't you? I mean, come on. He's going to stand there and take that and be a doormat? No way. I'm, I'm going to go strike first. That was a remarkable thing that David did when he let Saul walk out of that cave. And I think maybe Abigail is alluding to that. She's reminding him, hey, I've seen you do incredible things. I've seen you give effort. I've seen you shine. I've seen you show, show discipline. I've seen you rise to the top. 
How many of us inside our, our conflict with somebody are willing to say, man, I've seen you. You know what? I, I, I've just seen you do some incredible, incredible things. Offer, offer a compliment. Say, hey, that's a really good point. You, you, you have good points when we're dealing with something. I appreciate that. It's hard to do when you have a fixed mindset that says, you know what? I'm supposed to be all that and a can of whatever, and, to, you know, be, and I should never be confronted. I should never be challenged in a sense because that would make me feel less than. And I've spent my whole life trying to prove that I'm more than in all, every situation that I find myself. And now even in my relationships with my coworker or my friends at school or with my spouse or with my boyfriend or girlfriend, I've, I've got to be all that. No, I don't have to. I can tell you that you make a good point, that you've done good things. I can build you up. Turn to that person next to you and say, I'll build you up. Even when you're confronting me, I'll maybe recognize when you have a good point. That's the person who has a growth mindset, who sees that relationships were created by God to help us grow. Now, let's move, let's move on. Verse 27. And here is a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Okay, really? A present? Okay, I guess so. But I think what Abigail's doing here is Abigail is meeting a need of David and his men. She's saying, I'm here to meet a need for you. Okay, if you can say it as a present, I, I guess. I, I'm, I, I didn't write it, so I don't have a lot of say in you know, what, what word was chosen there. But, I, but the gist of, of, of what I see there is that in relationships, when there's somebody who's in a growth-minded relationship, they're there to meet the needs of those people who are around them. And so at that moment, David and his men needed food. And they also needed a sensible woman to, to, to go and talk to them and stop them from doing what they shouldn't do. Men, thank the women in your life at times who stop you from doing what you shouldn't be doing. <clears throat> I heard one amen. That was... <laughs> men, you also are just speaking to the women in your in your life and, and, and help them not do the thing that sometimes they may want to do. They may be involved in some drama and they, they want a social media back with, uh, because of what someone else said and, and that's not best. And so you need to help them be sensible and also meet needs. Meet needs. When there's, when there's conflict, recognizing what the need really, what the need that is really here at this, at this, at this moment not getting lost in, 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 in tit-for-tat things. Abigail spoke, said, I will meet your need. I will give you, I'm going to give you a present. Would you turn to that person next to you and say, I will meet your need? I will meet your need. <laughs> or text somebody, if, or how, how, however that works out. Verse 28 Abigail says, please forgive me if I have offended you in any way. Um, yeah. Growth relationships are all about forgiveness. Oftentimes in counseling, I, 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 I meet with couples and, they've, and they've, they've been fighting for years and there's, there's been some terrible things that have been done 
and they walk into my office and they go, we, we just want to forget about the past and we just want to move forward. Can you, can you help us make this better? And um, I say, oh, no, I can't. I said, in, in order for your relationship to be restored, forgiveness has to take place. Because if forgiveness hasn't taken place, the things that have happened in the past will, will be, like, be like an anchor that, that will drag on the ground that will prevent you from moving forward. I had a terrible experience with that. Took my uncle, my two uncles, we, we went fishing one, one day. We were out, out, at Lake, out at Lake George and got a little you know, boat and we're out there rowing the boat and we had a little trolling motor and all of a sudden the, the trolling motor wouldn't keep up. We just couldn't move forward. And there's, there's this guy and his girlfriend. He's out there just, just rowing away, speeding past us. We're rowing, and our trolling motor is burning up because it's working so hard. And, and we're so embarrassed, and we don't know what's going on. And we get all the way back, and we realize that we left the anchor down. <clears throat> and, we, and we rowed, and we trolley motored all the way back to the dock. It was hot. It was miserable. And you know what they were doing? You left it. No, you left it. You know, all the blame that was being spread, spread. No one wanted to take responsibility. Still to this day, I don't. But, you know, it probably was me. <laughs> but, but that's the same thing that happens inside relationships. If you're not willing to forgive, if you're not willing to stop using against someone what they did, if you're not trying to still eat, to extract payment from them, an ounce of blood, a little bit more misery that, that they need to feel for what they did to you, you'll never be able to move forward because you're not looking for growth at that point. You're looking for vengeance. Text somebody, turn to somebody and say, I forgive you. <clears throat> I didn't do nothing that needs forgiving. Why are you telling me that you, for, you forgive me for I'm the best thing since sliced bread. I'm fixed. I'm like, my mindset is, I'm perfect. I, how you need to forgive me for telling me I do so? Are you saying I do things wrong? Well, <clears throat> sweetheart, <laughs> in relationships, God has put us in relationships to cause friction, to sharpen us, to help us to grow. And naturally, we want to try to cover up and hide like Adam and Eve did when they were first exposed. I understand that it's kind of hard, but I want to say that I accept responsibility as, as well and blame for the things that I've done. I just know that our relationship needs to be one where we feel like we can grow and we can be vulnerable and we can be who we need to be in that relationship. And there's different levels of intimacy and vulnerability with your spouse versus with your coworker versus with your neighbor or with whomever, but having an appropriate response in that situation. I think probably even on the way here this morning, someone got mad at their partner or got mad at somebody and probably needs to say, I'm sorry, forgive me. I know, I, I, I talk to enough people to know that we can't even get to church without yelling at each other. <laughs> we can't even get home without yelling at each other. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's, it's part of the friction, the sharpening. Because you see, relationships sharpen one another. So verse 28 goes on to say, you know, after she says, please forgive me if, if I've offended you in any way, the Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty, for you are fighting the Lord's battles, and you've not done wrong throughout your entire life. Sometimes we just need to remind the person that we're with, the person that we're dealing with, and maybe even remind ourselves 
just the way God sees them. It's because Ephesians 2.10 says that you're God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God planned in advance. God sees you as his masterpiece. Now, are you a finished work yet? No, because what do relationships do? Relationships help grow you. We do not change outside of the context of a relationship. Rather that be a relationship with God or that be a relationship with someone horizontally inside of our life, flesh and blood. You won't grow as a person and your relationship won't grow and you'll become dull. And a person, and a knife that is dull is dangerous. You, not sharpened, become dangerous to the people around you. It's serious business. It's serious business. We want to have people come to know Jesus. We want to reflect the glory of God, become more and more like His likeness and image. And so we wake up every morning and we go like this. And we rub our hands together and we say, God, oh, it, it, it hurts. But you know what? I, um, I know today I'm, I'm, I'm going to need some growth because I want to stay sharp. So when my kid gives me a look, when my wife gives me a look, I'm not ready to, like, pounce on them. I'm, I'm ready to go, oh, what's going on? What do we, what do we need to work on this, at this particular moment? Now, I want to have, have you skip down to verse 35. And um, Abigail finishes her, her, her speaking to David. And then David says in verse 35, Then David accepted her present and told her, Return home in peace. I have heard what you said. We will not kill your husband. Wow. Thank God for a sensible person who recognizes that, you know, I can go and have conflict with somebody. I can go and do it in love. I can accept blame. I can accept responsibility. I can forgive. I can speak to someone's need. I can let them know that I hear them and their pain. Research, by the way, has shown that when somebody is upset and they talk to you and you give them an empathic response back, which says, so you feel frustrated because you don't think anybody really loves you, that helps to lower the intensity of it, right? That helps them to take a breath. That helps them to know that someone's in their world, that someone understands them. Super important. David said, David started off with a fixed mindset. I'm going to be the king one day. You're going to tell me I can't have some, I did all, all this for you. David shifted. Sometimes you're going to start off in that fixed mindset, and you're going to need to make a shift to the growth mindset. And David said, I have heard what you said. Wouldn't it be nice sometimes when you're in an argument with somebody or there's conflict and you're done talking to the person and they say, I hear what you say. I get it. We can have peace. I'm not going to be a dull, rusty knife. But I'm going to allow this to sharpen me. And I'm really encouraged for your relationship, for my relationship. I'm personally convicted of some relationships that I, that I have where I've said, man, that person's just whatever. There's nothing I can really do with them. How about you? 
Maybe you could look at relationships as, as, as something that sharpens you. Maybe every morning you can wake up or when you're in a relationship, if you see your spouse doing this when you're arguing with them, you, you know what they're doing. They're trying to keep that mindset. They're trying to keep it as, hey, I, I want to be sharpened here. Thank you so much for letting me share. I appreciate it so much.